on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Here's the pitch to him. Swing and a bouncer. Hit to first. Shaw, Foxberger, and this one is over. And the Brewers have swept the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they do it today with a shutout. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Bowling. That's a good win by the Brewers today. They complete a four-game series sweep. That certainly does not happen all that often. Doesn't matter who you're playing. It's tough to uh, sweep a team in four games. Also, the Brewers continue their very good run. They get back to their high water mark of seven games over 500. Took them about a month to get there, a little bit more. They were 17 and 10 right at the beginning of the month of May. Then they went into a little bit of a downturn, and they have been able to uh, fully recover. Playing good baseball right now, uh, finding a way to score runs, hitting home runs. They have another day hitting multiple home runs today. Somehow we've been on this show for like 40 seconds, and, and I have not yet even mentioned in the pitching, which starting with Corbin Burns today was nothing short of phenomenal. As uh, Burns goes out, throws seven innings, gives up just four hits, a career-high 13 strikeouts, most strikeouts for a Brewers pitcher since uh, Freddie Peralta made his uh, debut against Colorado on that Mother's Day uh, a few years back. And uh, this was... This was a really, really good day for Burns, and the bullpen comes in and does a nice job. Brad Boxberger was in the ninth inning spot today as Josh Hader uh, was down, and he did what uh, you, you like having guys with closing experience on the roster because when you have those situations that you need somebody to cover the ninth inning and your main guy isn't available, you've got somebody else that can move into that spot. At, at times, I would think you would see Devin Williams move into that spot, just move back an inning, but it feels like, Williams is still kind of rounding into form, if that makes sense. So leaving him there in the eighth inning, just where he continues to be uh, comfortable in that role, that's the decision that Craig Council makes today and ends up paying off as the Brewers come away with the victory. 2 nothing. once again, the final score. Here's what we've got coming up. We have you for the next hour and 10 minutes as we will take you till 6 o'clock this evening. If you want to join us, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected to the program. You can call or you can text 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line will be taking your phone calls and your text messages throughout the course of the show. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, just uh, would love to hear really more than anything else as this series comes to an end and the Brewers have clearly gotten things back going. We, I don't know if it's a, this isn't really a mile marker position, but it certainly feels like this is a, this is a moment where with the Brewers being able to fight through whatever they were going through after they were at that 17 and 10 point, uh, they've been able to find themselves once again. And it's not just pitching, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the difference when they got to 17 and 10, they were doing it because of their pitching and almost nothing else. And now this is something where the pitching continues to uh, perform at a very, very high level but the hitting has uh, has gone along with it as well. So I guess the, what I'd like to hear from you, again, you can call or text 855-616-1620. Compare what you're feeling right now to what you were feeling when the team was 17-10. and 10. And mind you, when they were 17-10, and 10, they had the best record in the National League. I would say, I would argue that it probably makes sense to feel better about the team right now than it did even then because then you had a million guys on the injured list and you weren't getting much production from the hitters. Now, not as many guys on the injured list. Colton Wong's not available. That's a big one for this team. Lorenzo Cain's not available, but it's not like what it was before, so it's different. Uh, So you're getting production from the hitters. You don't have as many guys on the injured list, and the pitching continues to perform at a really high level. So where are you at? Compare where you were at a month ago to where you're at right now. Seven games over 500 uh, in each situation, but it feels a little bit different now than it did then. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We're live at American Family Field on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 0-2 pitch. Called third strike. Corbin Burns with a cutter at 96, and he strikes out the side here in the top of the third. 
Six strikeouts for Corbin Burns. And he wasn't even halfway to his day at that point in terms of total strikeouts. He sets a career high 13 strikeouts today in his seven innings, gives up just four hits, was really, really good. And uh, I thought it was notable. Craig Council, he was at 97 pitches through six, and he was allowed to bat for himself uh, in the uh, and come back out to pitch the seventh inning, and he ends up finishing with 106 pitches. We are starting to see something right now, and, and something that we really haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, and, and we could go back and, and look and see when this has been true, but I feel like this year Craig Council is giving a little bit more leeway towards pitchers who are high in pitch counts than he has throughout much of his managerial tenure. Uh, we saw it with Freddie Peralta the other day when he had the no-hitter. We've seen it with Brandon Woodruff. In, in, in one of Woodruff's recent starts, he was allowed to come hit for himself uh, when he was right up there in the uh, in the high 90s and, and, and come back out. It's something that is happening a lot. And in some ways, it surprises me. Uh, specifically this year, because this is the year where we're so concerned about the number of pitches that pitchers are throwing going from the 60-game season last year to the 162-game season, and that is something that you're going to have to keep an eye on all season long, so that's one reason to be a little bit concerned. But on the other side, one reason that maybe it actually makes a little bit more sense this year is it's all kind of connected to each other, you, the 60-game the season to the 162-game season has resulted in the Brewers going to a six-day rotation. That's what Council referred to it as the other, the other day, and that's, that's a good way to refer to it because when the Brewers are in periods of no off days, there are six starting pitchers. When there are some off days in there, they go with five starting pitchers, and then they utilize the off day, but they're making sure that all the pitchers are getting five days rest basically every single time. So when these pitchers are going out each time and they've got an extra day of rest, that maybe gives you more ability to feel comfortable that you can push them a little bit more because they're going to get that full day of rest. And we've seen so far that it's, it's worked out. So whether it's Burns, whether it's Woodruff, and now even Peralta, and quite honestly, Peralta is probably the one that is surprising the most because he's from a, he hasn't been in the rotation, and he's being asked to do more this year than he's really ever done before. You know, Woodruff has been a starter. Burns has been uh, a starter, even though the, he, he came up and his first big league experience was as a relief pitcher and then uh, certainly struggled the next year before he was able to remake himself last year. But for Peralta, in the new version of Freddie Peralta, where he's got all these different pitches, this is kind of a first go-around for him. And he's going to be passing up his uh, season high, or excuse me, he's going to be passing up his career high high in innings pitched before the month of June even comes to an end. So every single time out, uh, starting in July, unless barring something unforeseen happening, every single time out, starting sometime in July probably, maybe even late this month, depending on how deep he goes into games moving forward, he's going to be setting a new career high for innings pitched in a season uh, every single time out. So it's something to watch. But yeah, the uh, and I don't know if you heard, uh, Lane played it at, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the network post game when Corbin Burns was speaking. Speaking with the media, Burns was asked, was there any doubt, was there any question about whether you were going to come back out to pitch the seventh inning when you were at 97 pitches? And he succinctly simply said no. There was no doubt that he was going to uh, come back out. So that's something that uh, we'll continue to watch, certainly, as uh, we go through the season. But I've been a little bit surprised with the, uh, the, the number of times that starting pitchers have been allowed to go fairly deep when it comes to pitch count. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet in the program. have a bunch of texts and tweets that have come in. We'll start uh, getting to those coming up after the news. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He is scheduled to join Join us as well. We'll hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. A lot to get to between now and 6 o'clock. The news with Rusty in two minutes, and then I'm back after that live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Cutter at 95. Corbin Burns with nine strikeouts through four scoreless. 
Brewers complete the four-game series sweep of Arizona. They win today by a 2-0 score. Corbin Burns, fantastic. Devin Williams, Brad Boxberger do the job, and they get solo home runs from Daniel Robertson and Tyrone Taylor, and the Brewers come away with the victory. Welcome back in. We're live at American Family Field, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's grab our first phone call of the program. Let's grab Sparky in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Okay, Matt, thanks uh, for taking my call here. Uh, You know, the level of competition hasn't been really good in the last few weeks, but nonetheless, they're winning those games, and that's what you have to do. But I I was giving some thought here with the the end of July coming up here in a month and a half, uh, there's going to be teams that are going to be sellers and buyers. And I would think maybe at this point in time, you might want to start thinking about maybe what you might be able to do to enhance or improve the team. You know, Minnesota is not playing real well this year. And uh, Sonoma would be, a, I think, would be a good addition. I know he plays some first base. And, you know, here's another thought I had. Uh, Aguilar has been playing really well down in Miami. Would you consider the thought of maybe trying to reacquire him and maybe uh, he could come back up here and, and play at somewhat of the level that he played a few years ago? Would that be something that you might want to think about doing here as you're, you know, as you're here, you're in June and, you know, you're in first place. So what about that, Matt? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. I'm bringing up his contract information right now to see how many years of club control he has left because that's a big part of um, of what you have to give up. Now, look, let's be very clear. I don't want to mince words about this. The Brewers are not getting the production out of first base that they need. And based off the production you're getting between Keston Hira and Daniel Vogelback, that, 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 that production is not what you're going to have throughout the course of the year and whether it's a the team still believes in Keston here and they're working real hard with him he had the double today he also had three strikeouts today so let's not celebrate Keston here as double today too much because it's still a, a one for four day with the three strikeouts so there's not a whole lot there but it is good to see him hit the ball hard but that has to be that has to be the first step towards him coming back not okay he is back because I, I don't think I don't think he is Bringing somebody in at first base is something that David Stearns and Matt Arnold are absolutely going to have to be considering as we do come up on the uh, on the trade deadline. And bringing back a Jesus Aguilar, if he can be had, that would be that'd be fantastic. He's on a one-year deal right now at uh, four and a half million dollars. Uh, he is going into another arbitration year, so you've got a, you've got one more year of club control on him before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in, in 2023. He's going to be 33 years old in 2023, and that's going to be his first year of unrestricted free agency. And that's a that's probably a. a if you make it into your mid-30s and never reach free agency as a baseball player, maybe that's a system that needs to be re- re-looked at because it doesn't really give you the opportunity to uh, to maximize uh, what you're able to uh, make in your career. But that's a that's a different story for a different time. Bringing him back, I think, again, I, I'm all for that. There's a lot of guys who are going to be available. Anybody who's the, the thing that I would be worried about is what you're giving up for him. Aguilar is going to be that much more valuable because he's going into an he's got one more year of arbitration that's also going to require you to set aside a, a fair amount more money into your payroll for next year unless you were to non-tender him which is probably not something that uh, you would be doing if you're making that move I'm not trying to not answer your question Sparky but what I'll say this there's a lot of things that are going to be on the table uh, I think option one still remains. Keston Hira at first base doing what they expected him to do. But every day that goes further and further along where he's not performing at the level that you want him to perform, it's one more day where you go, okay, is is he actually going to be able to get to that point? We've got a texter, Doug, who texts every single day, and he won't get off the idea of Tyrone Taylor playing first base, which to me is still, with all due respect, Doug, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. Now, 
The Brewers are out-of-the-box thinkers. So I always, whenever I call something ridiculous, I always get worried that the next day I'm going to walk into the ballpark and somebody's going to be penciled in. But I think it's ridiculous. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Are you, are you in with me that Tyrone Taylor at first base is ridiculous? Uh, I think so at this point. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they need him at first no. base. I mean, they're having a hard time keeping their, their four starting outfielders healthy at this point, and that's that's where he is starring, and he's in a comfort zone right now. I mean, he, he's not hitting 300, don't get me wrong, but he's in a comfort zone, and you're not going to be messing with that in the middle of a season at this point in his he, career. He's never played there. No, like, it's look, not happening. You just can't put people places. Yeah. You can't tell me that Keston Hira's struggles aren't somewhat – like he struggled last year playing at second base. I'm not saying that if he was at second base right now, he'd be a 300 hitter with 20 home runs and 60 RBIs already. Like I'm not saying that. But you can't tell me that his offensive numbers wouldn't be a little bit better if he wouldn't have had to go through the process and the challenge of trying to learn first base on the fly. Well, I say this. Look no further back than the, than the last brewer that they moved – from the outfield to first, and that was Ryan Braun. And if, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there was anybody else in the in-between there. And and it was a it was an adjustment for him to play over there, and it clearly was not a comfort zone. And it's not just because it was Ryan Braun and the reputation and stuff. There's a comfort zone for anybody having to move. And you you gotta you gotta pick your time when you're when you're moving guys. They moved here during the off season so he could get the entire spring training and have the whole off season to know that that's what was happening, and he agreed to do it. Even that, though, like it was it was pretty close to spring training when they make that move. If you make if you say okay, maybe you're going to go play a little bit of first base. If you make that decision in December, you can send a guy to winter ball and have him play a month or so in in the Dominican Republic or in Venezuela, whatever wherever you want to send him. By doing that as late as they did with Hira, yeah, he gets all of spring training, but he also gets only all of spring training. Yeah, yeah. but but it's still it's it's six to seven weeks of that versus. No time at all. Go over there and play. Yeah, that's just I, I don't I don't see it happening. So, but you mentioned Taylor being in a groove and his batting average isn't there. What he's hitting, I think two thirteen after today. He was one for four, but he's hitting home runs. That's the that's the big thing. And what we're learning right now with this team is that they're scoring runs via home runs. Now that's very true across all of Major League Baseball. The Brewers weren't doing that before. I know people are going to get. Uh, continue to be bent out of shape out of a 211 team batting average and I'm not telling you a 211 team batting average is good it's not good it's the worst in the National League by a lot and it's the second worst in all of Major League Baseball but honestly if you can and I don't think they can continue to hit home runs what is that 16 home runs in the last five games I think it's 16 yeah yeah okay yeah. I don't think they're going to hit 16 home runs in every five game uh, slice of pie you know moving forward but if you can if you can be averaging a couple bombs a game you're going to win most of those contests well and think about this too uh, they're going to Cincinnati for three games Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the band box. I mean, it's short short fence everywhere, right? Who, who knows if right now is not going to be good timing for this team to be swinging for the fences because they're leaving this park now, and, and hopefully they'll leave, continue to leave the yard. At the rate you're talking, no, yeah. probably not. But, hey, it may increase over the next three games. You never know. Jesse Winker had six RBIs today <laughs> against the Cardinals. We had three home runs <laughs> yeah. again. Remember, he hit, he hit five against the Brewers in the last series, and two of those came against Adrian Hauser, who's starting on Tuesday. Well, you can't Do pitch, you pitch to, to him? No, no, no. That was easy. <laughs> Do let's, you pitch to him? Let's preview the next series as long as we got that out of the way. I, I, no, 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 you don't. But the problem is – Cincinnati is is very streaky with their hitting and their home run hitting and stuff, and they might be cooking up uh, you know another offensive streak coming up here because they're actually playing pretty well. Remember when Barry Bonds was once intentionally walked with the bases loaded? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that to Jesse Winker. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, no kidding. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet in the program as well at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, we're back with more in just a moment. We're live at American Family Field. Brewers complete the four-game series sweep of the Diamondbacks. We're back after this here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. Three balls and two strikes here on Urias. Smith coming home with the pitch. And it's a line drive into center field for a base hit. That was an elevated pitch, and Urias went up there and smacked it into center. So the Brewers have their first hit of this game. 
2-0 win for the Brewers. They knock off the Diamondbacks. They sweep the four-game series. I'm Matt Pauley, Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Craig, I feel like the, the number one narrative or storyline from a big-picture perspective right now with this team is they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because you go back to that Washington series. That started a, a full month of playing teams that sub-500 records, and they've lost one game since then. They lost the, the second game against Detroit and then splitting that two-game series. And you can even argue that's a game against Detroit that they should have won. But even so, what is that, 8-1, and one, whatever it is, 8-1, and 9-1, and one, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I like that. I, I, it's the first time this year we've actually said that uh, about this team. Other than the fact that they, they played really well against the Padres, you know, both times and, and the Dodgers, um, and they've, you know, they played pretty well early in April against everybody. So, but I mean, when you, when you just say, okay, you don't know what's happened in the first month, but now you get to the point of a season where you 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 understand who these teams are now. And I think it's a 28 day stretch of playing uh, sub 500 teams. Mm-hmm. And if you're winning nine of the first ten, that that's pretty awesome stuff. But that but the beginning of their schedule was the toughest schedule to open up the season out of anybody in the majors. So now they get they get a little easier portion here and they held their own until this point now and you know start racking up those victories again. They're tied for first minimum if not going to take over by themselves today. Let's grab a couple text messages Aaron in Illinois. What a performance by the pitching staff team really is clicking now. What concerns me though is it seems like they have a difficult time scoring without homering. Do you think they need to do more running, bunting and sacrifice and would like to see them scratch across more runs? I think there's a separation between the two. I'd be fine with them doing some more running if they want to get more active on the bases. That's fine. Maybe you can force your opponent uh, into a mistake, being aggressive on the bases, trying to turn singles into doubles, things like that. We saw that the other day with the Omar Nervaez Little League home run. You force a team to make a play uh, when he went from second to third, and uh, a bad decision was made to throw that ball, and it resulted in a run. So if you can apply pressure to your opponent uh, on the bases, I'm all for that. Quite honestly, we talk about this a lot. More sacrificing, more bunting, that's not going to lead to more runs. That's going to lead to less runs more often than not. Yeah, and, you know, you, I mean, look, it's been hard to get base runners to, to steal bases and to move them mm-hmm. over. They, they don't have a lot of traffic, at least through the first half of what we're talking about on the season here so far. So getting more traffic is is got to be a goal for, you know, get more guys on base. And then, you know, you have to develop your own philosophy, whatever you believe in, as far as getting them over and getting them in. Um, and right now they're hitting some home runs, so they're going to ride that wheel until the you know until it falls off at this point yeah, scoring runs winning games yeah. don't I, I don't mess with it now and I, I think their at bats are, are are good for the most part there's yeah. some guys that are struggling and we know who they are right now but that's that's part of how the season goes but i i think their their approach is fine it's just you know again we weren't saying that three weeks ago either Right. Yeah, we weren't right. saying their approach is no, fine. I, I think I think their approach now is is fine, and and guess what? They're they're also winning, so it's yeah. a little easier for us to say that. It's it's hard to argue uh, that this is not the Milwaukee Brewers that we thought we were going to see when the season began. This is starting to resemble more of that now. Jeff and West Dallas, so proud of these guys to uh, pers- persevere through the injuries and hitting dry spells. I feel good about how things are slowly coming together with the hitting. You can't say enough about the pitching. We have to have the best staff in baseball. You, the Dodgers have had some injuries, and they've lost some guys in their rotation. They were the team that you looked at when the season got started as having the best rotation. A lot of that had to do with their depth. You went and saw who their number four guy was, and their number five guy, and David Price starting the season in the bullpen. Right now... And I'd have to look at every roster. I don't have it in front of me. Top three guys, based off their performances of Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, I, I don't think anybody in baseball can hold up to that right now. Not not that threesome for sure. I mean, um, Woody and Burns' ERA is below two overall, and uh, Freddie's is two two five. The three of them have combined for two hundred and seventy eight strikeouts so far and it's june 6th amazing stuff and and you know what else we're seeing we talked about this on our on our tv post game show matt we're starting to see this group of starting pitchers these three getting that extra inning mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, pitch count, I'm talking about being in the 90s through five or six. They're getting that extra inning and going over. And, and one, of the, one of the things that maybe we could talk about, if not today, at some point, too, is it that six-man rotation, if you will? Is it the extra day that they're being given, um, allowing that leash to be longer because their recovery time will be a little easier, too? Is this a, is this a, a new way of stretching your pitching out and, and letting them go even deeper into ball games? And they need this right now because their middle relief is still – in need of somebody since they traded away J.P. Fireeyes and Erasmus, and they're still in need there of somebody. So this is a big, this is big for these three starters to go as far as they have been going. Yeah, it's uh, that's what I talked about before you got here, yeah. and I think it's really interesting that the and I, I do think there is a correlation between the extra day and these. We've never seen Craig Council be this liberal in allowing pitchers to no. go deep into games. And it's those three guys. It's happened in, in the last week and a half. It's happened once with each of those yeah. three guys where they were allowed to really push that pitch count up twice within a bat. Uh, I guess all three times. We saw Freddie yes. Peralta come yeah, up and, right. and hit yeah. for himself the yeah. other day. And, you know, each time Woodruff the other day, was it against Washington where they faked somebody in the on-deck circle? Mm-hmm. And then he ended up coming out. And then we saw today with Burns, they're being allowed to go deep. And it's a it's a... It's it's a circle here because we're worried about innings pitched and pitches thrown this year going from the 60 to 162. So that has resulted in the six-man rotation or the six-day rotation. And then the six-day rotation has actually resulted in pitchers going deep into games. So the the worry about pitchers throwing too many pitches in a weird domino effect, has resulted in pitchers throwing more pitches. It's a weird thing. It, it is, but but you've just described how to stay rested, how to stay healthy, how to stay better uh, from start to start. Um, and, and these guys, these three we're talking about, have earned the opportunity to get out there and, and have that extra inning and, and take their pitch count over 100 on a regular basis now. Um, look, they're... They're also very capable, all three of them, of throwing a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. And this this club knows it. They don't want to deny any of these three from going out there and throwing a no-hitter at this point, being so close. I, I'm telling you, the other day, Freddie, you know, Freddie's so close on a walk or two late in the game um, of potentially tossing that one the other day. He only needed four more outs before, you know, before it was over for him. But Good old Joe starts to squeeze him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it – I mean, there's a lot of things that they've they've uh, carefully crafted, uh, especially with these three guys right now, and and they're doing it because these guys have developed right along the way nicely. And I think to to put a bow on this, I think they they've handled um, Adrian Hauser pretty well too. He hit that two game, maybe three game rut, and then the last time out, they bring him out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And he you know five really strong innings, just an earned run for him. He's back as a starter on Tuesday night. Mike in Colorado texting in, my confidence meter is about seven and a half. I'd asked earlier, Craig, before you got here, I wanted people to compare how they felt about the team when they were 17 and 10, seven games over 500, and where they're at now, back to that high water mark of seven games over 500. So Mike in Colorado texting, my confidence meter is about seven and a half. In April, I would have scored it about eight. Consistent hitting and middle relief are the biggest drawbacks. Injuries are a factor too. I'm... I appreciate the, the the text from Mike, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. Honestly, I, I would think Brewers fans should feel better about this seven games over 500 than they did before because the last time the injuries were overwhelming and there was nothing going on from an offensive standpoint. Now, there's still injuries. Colton Wong and Lorenzo Cain are huge parts of this team that are on the shelf right now, but the team is scoring runs. And when you talk about hitting, fielding, starting pitching, and relief pitching. If there's going to be one of those four areas that maybe you can find a way to to fight your way through, especially when you have strong back into the bullpen like the Brewers, it's the relief pitching. Yeah, their, their middle relief is not great right now. We understand that. But at the same time, look what happened today. You can navigate through not having a real strong middle relief core. Well, and the other thing that I like about uh, the point you made – 
do you like where they were seven over earlier this year versus seven over right now? I'll take right now, no doubt, because we're in the month of June. What happened earlier has no bearing now on what's going to happen in the final three months of the baseball season right now. Where they're where they are and how they are performing will uh, prompt David Stearns to make his final moves for a playoff stretch. So I I like where they sit right now and what we're seeing develop out of certain players that have had the opportunity to step up for for Wong, who's been on the IL twice, Kane, who's been on the IL twice, those types of things, how they're going to overcome uh, Keston Hira's inability to perform up till this point and make any – he has basically made no contributions to this team yet offensively the way they expected, yet he is still on – the 26-man roster right now. So it, it's it's going to be interesting. We're into June, so I'll take the seven over right now because right now it's going to dictate what's going to happen for major decisions here for all the things you just talked about. He may have saved, speaking of Hira, there's a chance he saved his spot on the roster for Tuesday with that double today because he goes he goes one for four today with three strikeouts. If if that ball's caught out there and it was not in it, that there – that play could have potentially been made in center field. If he has an 0 for day today with three strikeouts, yeah, I wasn't convinced he was going to be on the roster when this series got started, and he is. But if that happens, there's no guarantee that he's still with this team come Tuesday. No, but I think, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt at all, and, and they haven't said what their plan is with him other than the fact that they're working with him and they're not going to overtax him by putting pressure on him to say, you know what, you're, you're starting again today. You're starting again today. You've got to start performing um, they're trying to work with them, but but also look at their schedule. We talked about it earlier. They're they're in the midst of playing some teams that aren't up to par when it comes to pitching either. This might be an opportunity for him to to turn things around on the major league level and still contribute along the way and still be part of this team. And as long as they're as long as they're in this winning stretch here right now and they're doing it with l- little to no contribution from him. They're, it's pretty obvious they're trying to figure it out with him on this roster. Can you ever remember seeing a major league lineup, a national league lineup, where your first baseman and third baseman were in the seven and eight spots? No, I mean it's 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 not right. Yeah, I mean it's I'm sure right it's then. happened, but uh, I can't. I'm sure it has. Yeah. But, but this is this is um, this has been a rut now for um, multiple years, unfortunately for them. So. That, that's another thing. I mean, I'm telling you, you don't know what's going to happen by trade deadline, before trade deadline, to to maybe grab a hold of somebody who can secure one or one of those two spots. Brewers fans need to be rooting for all the bad teams in baseball to lose as many games as possible so there are more players available on the trade market. Yeah, and, and the fact that the, there's no expanded playoffs like yeah. there were last year when yep. there were no moves made or, you know, the danger of expanded playoffs is everyone's going to be in it so no one's going to be making trades, right? That's not the case. They've reverted back to 2019's rules. 855 1620. That's your AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers get the 2 0 win. The post game comments of manager Craig Council are next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Manny Pena setting down low and away, and here it is. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. That is the 12th strikeout for Corbin Burns in this game. He would end up with 13 strikeouts, helping lead the Brewers to a 2-0 win today and a four-game series sweep of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago and said the decision to have Burns come back out for the seventh, even as he was approaching 100 pitches, that uh, there was not much of a debate on whether or not Burns was going to continue or not. Yeah, no, we we had, didn't have any conversation about it. Um, I thought just today the way you, really every inning went out there and there was just an ease of operation to the way he worked today and um, that there was no signs of anything slowing down really. So I, he was ready for it. Um, he was just really efficient today and just there was an ease with how he worked today and the ball was coming out good. He was doing whatever, whatever he wanted with each pitch. Um, so – it was it was a good day for Corbin. Uh, definitely one of his best. Craig, obviously production is the bottom line. Um, 
in the production you're getting from the th- top three starters, especially is really good. Do, do you, does it mean anything to you beyond that, that they're all homegrown guys basically raised in this organization? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, it, you know, as much as anything, I just think patience with it is, is probably the thing, the lesson from it. Um, I think it, it does help that, we have such a, a long history with the players um, and that I think has got them to really buy into what we're doing. Um, you know, that they trust what we're doing. Um, we've been through a lot together, so to speak. And uh, so it's, we, we always kind of know what the next step is um, and, and do it together. And I think that that's, that's a good place for them to be. And that's what, you know, some, consistency and um, familiarity do for you. Craig, you talked a lot during this uh, hot streak about getting contributions up and down the lineup. And today it was, you know, guys like Tyrone and and Daniel who, you know, delivered the offense for you guys. Yeah. I I I thought Caleb Smith was really good for the first three, three innings. Um, You know, he, he he was making pitches kind of, you know, in, inside corner was, was dotting the inside corner really, really well on us. Um, you know, D Rob, uh, got it. We had a little chance in the, I'm not, was that the fourth? We had the chance or the, maybe it was the, yeah, it was the fourth, right? We had a little chance. Yeah. The fourth, we had a chance and didn't, didn't cash in. And then D Rob, D Rob with the, with the homer in the fifth. So, um, that's right. It's, it's, you know, it's how you're consistent and we didn't put a big number on the board today, but we got a great pitching performance and, um, guy D Rob wasn't, hasn't played much lately, steps up with a big homer. Obviously our pitching has been great. Starting pitching has been great all year. This kind of week kind of show what y'all can do with just get a few more, a little bit more power than y'all had in the past. To... Yeah. I mean, I think what do you think, what do you think been causing it? Yeah, I think you're going to win games in different ways, um, and and that's what the good teams do. It's it's not always the same. We're going to have to pick up the pitchers sometimes. The offense picks up the pitchers. The pitchers pick up the offense. Uh, depends on the day, um, but we've we've been pretty consistent, and um, that's what leads to wins. Um, I still think we're getting performance, good performances from a lot of people on the offensive side. Um, we had a great series. The three starters delivered three great performances this, this series. Um, and that really helps out bullpen. You know, I think today did a nice job. Josh was down and Fox and Devin did a nice job finishing it. Craig with Josh, was it just a matter of, uh, him saying he needed a day or you saying it was. Yeah, it was just, he just needed a day. So we just, we, we, there's good communication there and, um, it's an opportunity to get him two days and get him back to, get him back to square and uh so it was, it was time to do it how much of a difference does it make to have a guy in boxburg who has some closing experience i know it was a while ago but to be able to fill in in that ninth inning role and have a little bit of experience at it when josh does need a blow well i mean i think devin's perfectly capable of it we just kind of i thought box was a little fresher so we just we we kept box behind him today just to have a just in case devin ran in some trouble in the eighth there but um Look, I, Brad's done everything in, in this game as a reliever. Um, he's been in the ninth, um, you know, and he's pitched, you know, he's got us out of jams in the fifth um, and, and pitched the ninth. And that's that's just a valuable reliever. And that's because of his experience that uh, we know he's capable of doing that. That's manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. And he alluded to something that I said earlier. It's uh, it's great that this team has somebody like Brad Boxberger, who has been a closer, who uh, you go into the ninth inning and maybe you want to keep Devin Williams in that eighth inning spot. You're able to go to, to Boxberger in the ninth. And it's this guy was somebody who, right before the season got started, he had a great spring. And I, I was surprised when he didn't make the initial roster for the team and then uh, didn't make the team, ended up getting re-signed back in and has been – 
really, when you when you think about the guys, now that J.P. Fireisen is not there, other than Josh Hader and Devin Williams, there's probably been no relief pitcher that's been more valuable than Brad Boxberger. You would put Brent Suter uh, in that group as well. He's done a, a nice job, but in kind of a different sort of role. Boxberger has been really good for this team. Uh, he's pitched a lot. He's pitched high leverage spots. He's been able to produce. He's got an ERA that's just barely above three. Really has been, become somebody who's been very, very, very valuable for this team. Brewers get the win over the Diamondbacks 2-0. They take all four games in the series from Arizona. They've had a ton of success against Arizona. Uh, with this win today, they have now won 14 of their last 17 against the Diamondbacks. That dates back to the start of the 2018 season, the best winning percentage of any team against Arizona in that time. How does it all go down today? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is a Brewers Extra Innings. We're live at American Family Field. We're back after this on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 2-0. Brewers get the win over the Diamondbacks. Pitching matchup. Corbin Burns on the mound for the crew. Caleb Smith getting the start for Arizona. Through the uh, first three innings, not a whole lot going on. Top of the third, Corbin Burns strikes out Nick Ahmed. He strikes out Ildemaro Vargas. And then that brings up his counterpart, Caleb Smith. 0-2 pitch. Called third strike, Corbin Burns with a cutter at 96, and he strikes out the side here in the top of the third. Six strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Yeah, six strikeouts for the first three innings. Brewers would go down quietly in the bottom of the third, so uh, each pitcher had a perfect game, nine up, nine down through the first three innings. That would start to change a bit in the fourth. Burns on the mound. He would get the first out of the inning against Josh Rojas, but then that would bring up Cattell Marte. Burns 1-2 to Marte. Ground ball through the right side, and there's the first hit of the game for the Diamondbacks. First hit of the game for either team, in fact, and there's a runner on... Carson Kelly would strike out, but then Christian Walker would get the second hit of the game with a base hit. Two on, two out. Here's Paven Smith. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Cutter at 95. Corbin Burns with nine strikeouts through four scoreless. So the Brewers are being no hit going to the bottom of the fourth inning with Luis Arias leading off the frame. Three balls and two strikes here on Arias. Smith coming home with the pitch. And it's a line drive into center field for a base hit. That was an elevated pitch, and Urias went up there and smacked it into center. So the Brewers have their first hit of this game. They would have more than their first hit. They would get something going here in the fourth inning with one out. Christian Yelich would walk. And then with uh, two outs, Manny Pena is hit by a pitch. So the bases are loaded, but Tyrone Taylor would fly out, and the game remains scoreless. In the top of the fifth inning, a couple more strikeouts for Corbin Burns, the second out of the inning on a Nick Ahmed strikeout, and that would bring up, once again, the plate, Vargas. Burns ready, deals again. He struck him out, looking on another delayed call by Dan Bellino. 11th strikeout for Corbin Burns. Wow. The scoring seal would finally be broken in the bottom of the fifth inning with one out, Daniel Robertson at the plate. Swinging and a drive in the left deep, way back. Warning track, get up, get out of here and gone. Daniel Robertson just put the Brewers on top. Makes it a one nothing game. Diamondbacks back at the plate in the top of the sixth inning and more strikeouts for Corbin Burns, Josh Rojas at the plate. Manny Pena setting down low and away and here it is. Swing and a mess struck him out. That is the 12th strikeout for Corbin Burns in this game. Ties a career high for Burns. Bottom of the sixth inning, new pitcher on for the Diamondbacks. That would be Riley Smith. He gets the first two outs pretty quickly, but then Tyrone Taylor comes to the plate. And the pitch. Swing and a drive. Left and deep. Get up. Get out of here. Gone. Tyrone Taylor just hit a wicked line drive out of here. 
Taylor continues to swing a fairly hot bat, especially when it comes to the power. So that makes it a 2-0 game. Next hitter, Keston Hira. Here's the guy they got to get turned around to, and he's working on it every day. Swing and a drive to center, deep warning track. Get up, off the wall. Keston Hira in the second with a sliding two-bagger. Yeah, that was good to see. Hira's overall day was okay, one for four, three strikeouts, but you want to see him cause damage with his bat. Extra base hits, so seeing a double off the wall, straightaway center field, Hopefully that's a first step to him really getting it going. They would then intentionally walk Daniel Robertson. That would bring up Corbin Burns. Burns at that point was at 97 pitches, but they allow Burns to hit for himself. They're in the sixth inning. He grounds out, and that would take us to the seventh. Brewers holding a 2-0 lead. Burns going past the 100-pitch mark in the seventh. He would get Christian Walker to fly out and then Paven Smith to ground out. David Peralta would then get a base hit, so better than 100 pitches for Burns. The tying run comes to the plate in the person of Nick Ahmed. 0-2 pitch coming. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a cutter at 96. How about a career high? 13 strikeouts for Corbin Burns as he throws seven scoreless. Yeah, that's quite the day. Seven innings, four hits, 13 strikeouts, no walks for Burns. He was absolutely locked in, and that was his uh, final out uh, that he would record. Devin Williams would come in to pitch in the eighth inning for the Brewers. He would give up a leadoff double to former Brewer Stephen Vogt. Josh Reddick then came to the plate. He grounds out. Uh, Josh Rojas would strike out. So one on, two outs for Cattell Marte. This is pitch number 16 from Devin Williams. Here it is. He struck him out. Swinging on a high fastball at 97. Josh Hader not available, so Brad Boxberger, he comes in looking for the save. Carson Kelly leads the inning off with a uh, base hit. Christian Walker then strikes out, but again, it's a 2-0 game, so every hitter coming up to the plate represents the tie and run. Uh, Christian Walker strikes out, then Paven Smith grounds out on that ground out. Kelly does go to second. Runner on at second, two outs in the inning, 2-0 Brewers lead, and David Peralta at the plate. Here's the pitch to him. Swinging a bouncer, hit to first. Shaw, Boxberger, and this one is over. And the Brewers have swept the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they do it today with a shutout. With the win, the Brewers go to 33 and 26. The Diamondbacks they drop to 20 and 41. Winning totals for the crew: two runs, six hits, no errors. They leave eight for Arizona. No runs, six hits, no errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns. He is three and four. The loss to Caleb Smith. He drops to 2-2. Two and two. The save to Brad Boxberger, his second. Home runs, Daniel Robertson, his second. Tyrone Taylor, his sixth. The game lasting three hours and four minutes. Played in front of a nice crowd of 20,117 folks here at American Family Field. Once again, the Brewers get the 2-0 win over the Diamondbacks. We'll come back. We'll get you some scores from around the National League Central and around the uh, Brewers minor league system and get you set up for the upcoming series in Cincinnati. We'll do that next live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of the program after the Brewers come away with a 2-0 win against the Diamondbacks. If you're just joining us, the uh, basic storyline here, Corbin Burns got the start, was fantastic. Seven shutout innings, 13 strikeouts, no walks. The 13 strikeouts, that is the most strikeouts of his career. It is also the uh, most strikeouts for a Brewers pitcher since Freddie Peralta had 13 on May 13th, 2018 at Colorado. That was that Mother's Day game when he was making his debut, and certainly was a special day there. It's taken this long for another Brewers pitcher to have 13 strikeouts as a team. The Brewers have six 
16 strikeouts as uh, Devin Williams covered the eighth with two strikeouts. Brad Boxberger covered the ninth with one overall in this game because Arizona pitchers had 11 strikeouts in the game. So 27 total strikeouts uh, in this contest today. That is the, that's the stat of the game. Also, Daniel Robertson and Tyrone Taylor each hit solo home runs to account for the run scoring for the Brewers. Around the National League Central, it was a back-and-forth affair. Cincinnati uh, would take a 7-0 lead against St. Louis. St. Louis would score seven runs in the bottom of the sixth inning to tie the game up, but then Cincinnati would push one across in the ninth, and the Reds end up beating the Cardinals 8-7. Jesse Winker was just stupid good again. Three of four as he goes out and hits three home runs. All three of his hits were home runs. He has six RBIs, so he's going to be going into that Brewers series hot. We remember what he did in that last series. How much do you pitch him? How many pitches do you give him? Uh, this is a guy that you try to avoid and try to uh, make sure that they can't just have a huge game against you, but that is a big story going in the contest. Wade Miley, by the way, got the start for the Reds, went five innings, uh, giving up uh, just four hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. John Gant started for St. Louis. He only went four innings, allowing seven runs on seven hits. The other final in the NL Central, Pirates lose at home to the Marlins by a 3-1 score. One game is in progress right now. The Cubs are holding to a one, holding on to a one-run lead in San Francisco, 4-3. That game is in the top of the ninth with one out. Kyle Hendricks got the start for Chicago, went six and a third, three runs, seven hits, five strikeouts, and three walks. And uh, we'll see if uh, the Giants can come back and uh, score maybe a couple runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Standings right now in the NL Central. Brewers, at least for the moment, are alone in first place at 33-26. and 26. The Cubs are a half game back. So uh, if the Cubs end up winning today, they'll be back tied with the Brewers. Brewers holding the tiebreaker. Cardinals are two and a half back of the Brewers. Reds are four back of the Brewers. And the Pirates are nine and a half back of the Brewers. Around the Brewers minor league system. Triple-A Nashville, uh, they play a seven-inning contest against Charlotte. In fact, it didn't even make it seven. Looks like this game was ended early uh, due to bad weather. Charlotte gets a win by a 3-2 score. Double-A Biloxi, they are in action right now, and uh, they lead Montgomery 3-0. That game is in the bottom of the sixth inning. High-A Wisconsin, they win tonight, as they are this afternoon, I should say. They knock off Peoria 11-2. Wisconsin gets back to 500 at 15 and 15 and the Mudcats of Carolina they uh, end up losing big 15-7 Carolina with an 18 and 11 record. Brewers are off tomorrow. They are going to get back at it coming up on Tuesday evening when they will begin a series against Cincinnati. Adrian Hauser will go for the crew. The right-hander is 3-5, and 3.86 ERA. Sonny Gray, the scheduled starter for Cincinnati. That's going to be a 6-10 first pitch. That means our coverage will begin at 5:35. And then I look forward to talking to you after the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Once again, Brewers get the win. They sweep the Diamondbacks. We'll talk to you Tuesday here on WTMJ.